0: Broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is
1: I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dalimore.
0: Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 895 of I Doubt a Podcast. I'm your host, as I always am for the past 895 episodes. I'm joined today by your other co-host, Brittany Page.
2: Well, thank you for joining us today, Tim Pool. <laughs> <laughs> Looking very nice. Very festive. Come on, man. You got a beanie on. That's what I'm yeah, referencing. well... There's For a those lot who are of... just listening and can't see you, you have a very festive beanie that has, it looks like there's uh, some reindeer on it, it looks like, yes?
0: There, well, I do know it's dumb because of the, the ball on the top.
2: I love it. I think it's very nice.
0: This is not to conceal insecurity based on baldness, though. Okay. This is, I have oh. plenty of hair under there. It is this.
2: Put it back on. Put <laughs> it, is, it back on.
0: There's right a lot now. <laughs> going on under here.
2: You look like the villain in The Incredibles. I didn't. I don't know his name.
0: I don't know his name either. I, I didn't comb my hair, and it, you know, it'd be more difficult. Yeah. To do video. Anyway, I guess I should have combed my hair.
2: Well, I tried to wear... Because that a,
0: is a vicious insult.
2: I tried to wear a beanie one time on the show as well, and it's one of my favorite comments I've received about my appearance, which is saying quite a bit, because normally I, I don't like to read those comments, mm-hmm. but someone said, uh, is Britney doing the show from a coffee shop in Seattle right now? Something <laughs> like that, and I right. thought that was so funny, and I won't ever wear a beanie again because...
0: Wow, you got bullied. <laughs> and you got bullied out of wearing beanies.
2: I might wear one again if I get lazy. I, I didn't wash my hair today and I thought, you know what? Let's just roll with it. It's fine. But yeah, it involves getting ready, doing the yeah, show on, on it, camera. So Look,
0: even making myself look as presentable as I do, you know, it takes effort. Yes. Even as little... As little effort as it looked like went into it, there's some effort involved. Yes. Way more effort than just slapping on the old beanie. Yes. The old... Is this a
2: beanie? I think... I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I don't know the definition of beanie. It I guess be.
0: all of the audio listeners will have to go to YouTube. See, all of this was a ploy to get yeah. you to YouTube. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do want to say on this issue of comments about appearances, there was a comment a few weeks ago that I think is hands down my favorite that anyone has ever written about me. And I've sent it to multiple people, and they all say, I don't know what this means. So I'm going to read it, and then we'll give you a couple beats to see if you can figure it out. I
0: don't even know what this is. Maybe I'll remember because I've seen it sent.
2: All right, so someone wrote about me and my appearance. (laughs) Lady looks like she has Kavanaugh in her hippocampus.
0: Yeah, this is one I did not understand, and it had to be explained. Like many things, like many things internet-related, they had to be explained to me.
2: So this person is saying that I look like Christine Blasey Ford, Mm -hmm. who is the accuser of Brett Kavanaugh uh, when he was uh, going through the process of confirmation to the Supreme Court. And this person needs to get in a writer's room for SNL or something, right? That's a deep cut. It is.
0: Explain why it's a deep cut. Didn't she say something about...
2: Oh, yes. So (laughs) she said... I'm not even explaining it. Sorry. I'm just so amazed by it. During her testimony, when when she was called to give her testimony about the the sexual assault that occurred, she said that the memory of Brett Kavanaugh laughing was indelible in her hippocampus, yeah, because
0: she's a she's a doctor of psychology or or so she has education. and in in the brain is her education,
2: right. Yeah. And so that became like a phrase that was all over the internet hmm. for a time when I sent it to people they're like I don't know what this is yeah about. I didn't know but now we know yes yes so uh on the note of comments we want to briefly talk about a significant problem that happens on YouTube and I've actually seen it off of YouTube too I think on other social media channels sure
0: well anytime there's an uh, uh an opportunity for scammers to do their thing they're gonna find a way and this is just one of those and it's it is crazy on YouTube. I spend an inordinate amount of time, a lot of time deleting, going to the scammers profile. What they do is they put up like a WhatsApp number or a, 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 one of those signal or whatever numbers up there. They put my profile picture as their profile picture and trick people into, I guess, giving money, which happened in this viewer's case. And I have to go through, go to their profile, Report them for impersonating me, then block them from ever being able to comment again. And this happens sometimes dozens of times a day with different accounts. And it's not just me. It's if you have a YouTube channel, I think it's even happened to you, and you have like 30,000 subscribers. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not just accounts with a million subscribers or 500,000 like me. This is all over YouTube, and this person got victimized.
2: Yeah, so it's a significant problem. We try to talk about it pretty consistently, try to post about it pretty consistently, because, well, we take it very seriously that someone could be scammed in our name. We do not want that to happen. So again, we just want to make sure that people know. So this person wrote in and said that they sent someone $26 to become a VIP, and they took a screenshot to prove the payment. And in the screenshot, it says they sent money to someone named Kent, Ken
0: Fitzgerald.
2: Yeah, so we wrote this person back and we said, this is not us. We did not ask you to do this. Please block this person and do not send them money anymore. But, you know, if you are confused, if you see a comment and you're like, oh, Jesse's commenting to me, the way to know how to support you is by looking in the description of the video or yeah. by listening to the video and seeing what Jesse actually talks about, which is uh, joining as a channel member below the video with the join button that's actually on YouTube or on Patreon. He's not going to ask you to send money on WhatsApp. He's not going to yeah. ask for these things. Well, the
0: other thing is, if you, even if you're in doubt and it seems legit to you, click that profile and unless they've got two thousand videos and the channel is branded just like mine, I mean, there's there are steps to take to ensure you're not being scammed. YouTube's not doing enough. They're this not. has been a problem for years and years. I shudder to think of the amount of money that's been scammed from well-intended viewers and and fans or or particip- you know, people who are active in, in and engaged with the content. Of all kinds of channels.
2: Yeah, it's maddening.
0: It, it 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 really it really is, and we're we're sorry to this to this viewer. Thank thankfully, it's it's only twenty six dollars, and it wasn't more. They emailed back and said that the person wanted them to give like five hundred dollars to oh my god to, to 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 take part in something or invest in something
2: or that's just these people are just evil. I mean, it's yeah. it's very sickening. It, it so is. please protect yourselves. Please do not answer weird comments do not go on whatsapp we're not just generally be suspicious generally be suspicious (laughs) unless you're hearing it from you right now
0: right unless he has a goofy ass beanie on (laughs) that guy's not me (laughs)
2: exactly so on this note just another quick item of housekeeping we want to say we we get messages sometimes from people that are like do you ever respond do you ever write back Um, We got a voicemail recently and someone was upset because they've left multiple voicemails and they say they never get played or they never get responded to. Sometimes people call and leave voicemails and say, oh, I thought I was like calling you and you were going to answer. Yeah, Um, I get that a lot. Yeah. So just a point of clarification, we get hundreds of emails, messages, and voicemails per day. It is impossible to respond to all of these messages. Also,
0: literally... That's not an exaggeration. That's not just generally saying it. There are hundreds between voicemails and emails between the two phone numbers of Dollar More Daily and here on the show. It is hundreds of messages. It is impossible to address them or answer each one. It's It, it would be impossible. There would be no content creation because it would be a, a response farm that we would be involved. It would,
2: yeah, it would be a full-time job responding to the messages. And we... Really the point of this is that we don't want people to take it personally. So, you know, if you are going to send us a message, please be aware that we do read everything and listen to everything, but we can't respond to everything. And this happened during cancer when you got thousands of yeah, messages. Yeah. And they it were, happened
0: during cancer. Right.
2: <laughs> and during
0: my cancer.
2: Well, yeah, and there were a lot of nice messages and stories and there were so many beautiful messages but we couldn't respond to all of them unfortunately you know so just please be patient with us I guess and also
0: know that it's not just you I'm bad at responding to like actual people in my life <laughs> it's you know it's it's certainly not not uh, an indictment of the message you left or the voicemail yeah. so. so please
2: take care of yourselves please protect yourselves during the holidays as i'm sure these scammers are going to ratchet up their methods and excuse me and try to take advantage of people on the internet so let's thank our patreon supporters before we get into it we have a Patreon. <laughs> You're hearing it from me live. So <laughs> And the guy with the beanie. Yes, exactly. So it is <laughs> patreon.com slash I doubt podcast. And we would like to thank our new Patreon supporters. NexorEH.
0: Nexor E-H.
2: Kate. Kate. Midgling.
0: Midgling.
2: Weenie L.
0: Weenie L. KDZ. KDZ.
2: David W.
0: David. W
2: Jeremy S Jeremy S and Chris S
0: Chris S
2: And now we would like to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters who have increased their pledge amounts yes. and that is Nikki D Nikki D And please forgive me on the strong likelihood that I am going to mispronounce <laughs> this name but Walla John A K
0: and I would also like to beg for forgiveness for repeating M- Brittany's likely mispronunciation. Wallajon... What?
2: A-K. A-K. <laughs> I love that this, the format that we've developed sets me up to take the fall. Yes. When I like you... it too. <laughs> yeah. I bet. But as always, listen feel free to write into us and correct us because it is something that we want to get right and it is important to get and it right. And it
0: started with a listener in Indiana named Raina that I, that I mispronounced her yes, name.
2: Yes, long-time listener, a long-time supporter. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Of course, it is now the month of December. It is prime time. To prepare for the end of your gift Which is going to go out I would say over the next couple of weeks So at least two weeks We're still waiting to receive it in the mail um, And then once we get it We start mailing it out yeah, So yeah. the big thing is to make sure your address Your mailing address is correct on Patreon Go and ensure that that is correct You probably have about two weeks to do that But don't wait until the two weeks is up yeah, go Even if now. you
0: think it's right Go check Even if you got the gift last year Please go check
2: Yes, so again, thank you to our Patreon supporters, and uh, we could not do this without you.
0: Uh, 657-464-7609, that is the number you can call to leave a voicemail or a a, a, uh, a brief message. You can also email us a voice memo from your smartphone or a regular old-fashioned email to I doubt it at dot
3: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at hashtagrenew.com.
0: Stalemocracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
2: So, briefly, we're going to talk about the. Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis debate on Fox News with Sean Hannity as the moderator. Now I was very surprised that Ron DeSantis went through with this because Gavin Newsom was pretty open with the media, almost laughing when he would talk about this. Like, I don't know why Ron DeSantis is wasting his time talking to me. I'm not running for president. He's running for president. Like, why would he agree to do this? And then you also think about how Ron DeSantis has almost no interpersonal skills. He, like, struggles to smile authentically. He struggles to interact authentically. He's
0: constantly licking his lips and his jaw is is twitching and grinding. He's a fundamentally unlikable character.
2: Strong dry mouth, it appears, with Ron DeSantis. (laughs) But, so, the governor of Florida, the governor of California, they went head to head in a debate that was moderated by Sean Hannity. And I guess we just want to kind of talk about this in that Gavin Newsom is a very effective politician and he's very talented. Yes. And I think that many Democrats could take some pointers from how he handled this debate.
4: By the way, do you see that risk, Governor
5: Newsom? Hold on, on. do you see see the risk? Joe Biden put out not only a comprehensive plan, he consistently puts up plans. Hold on, no, but Sean, is there there a risk? I'm going to answer answer your question. I, I support border security, I think the asylum system is broken. I believe that we need... I understand that. I'm the the only guy here that's a border state governor. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games, try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump. Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. On the issue of immigration, Joe Biden put...
0: What? (laughs) What was the upside? What would have been the upside for Ron DeSantis winning quote-unquote a debate with another governor if you want to be elevated on a presidential candidate stage you debate other presidential candidates you don't debate a random governor Democrat. what are you, what are you doing
2: I I don't know. I do not know what the upside... I don't know what he was hoping for. I mean, and, and the, the deck was really stacked against Gavin Newsom here because it wasn't just that he was debating yeah. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He also had to deal with Sean Hannity interrupting him and I not mean, letting him talk.
0: The fix was in for sure because it's on a Fox News stage, moderated, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes real big today, uh, by Sean Hannity who's also an advocate and an ally of Ron DeSantis. So it really, it was a it was a debate between Gavin Newsom and Sean Hannity slash Ron DeSantis.
2: Yes, because there were times where Gavin Newsom would start talking over Ron DeSantis and Sean Hannity would jump in and say, yeah. no, 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 you need to right. let him answer. But then there were periods where Ron DeSantis was talking over Gavin Newsom and he's just letting him talk, letting him talk over Gavin Newsom. And it really turned into a mess. So frankly, I didn't watch the entire thing because I was like, this isn't really great. This is obviously not being moderated well. And I I don't care. But I think there are lessons in it. And this next clip illustrates one in particular where, you know, on the last episode, we talked about that New York Times article where they spoke to a voter who believed that because the abortion... bans went into effect during biden's administration that biden is anti-abortion Jesus. and we talked about why a voter might believe that and we, we talked about many different things that could play a role in that but i think when gavin newsom talked about abortion during this debate it really illustrated how democrats can and should be talking about abortion because really i think it's a popular way to do it
4: Question very specific
5: Do you support any restrictions at all on abortion, especially in months seven, eight and nine past viability? I'm going to answer that question, but let's talk about the issue of abortion. Let's talk about the issue. You're going to answer it. I'm going to answer that question. I'll repeat that. But I think this is important and it bears repeating. Ron DeSantis has signed the most extreme anti-abortion bills in America. He signed a bill banning any exceptions for rape and incest. And then he said it didn't go far enough and decided to sign a six week ban before women even know they're pregnant, Ron, before women can even access a doctor's appointment. So extreme is your ban that criminalizes women and criminalizes doctors that even Donald Trump said it was too extreme on the issue of the extreme exception that you highlight as it relates to the issue of later-term abortion, it's almost always because of a fetal anomaly, the life of the mother. And in those rare cases, I trust, and answer your question, I trust the mother and her doctor to make that decision. So in other words, I want to be clear on this. If a woman and her doctor, for any reason... Not for any reason. No, it's, no, no, it's no,
0: Sean Hannity's doing the very thing that they constantly do, which is a propaganda move. Because the facts remain that the the percentage of abortions that take place at that time period in but, the development of the of, of the fetus are there are effectively there are no convenience. I'm doing air quotes again. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> there are no convenience abortions at that time. It is it is severe. Crisis mode, and it's a decision between the the pregnant individual, the one carrying the fetus, and the physician, the trained expert, the person who has taken an oath to do no harm to treat their patient. Just come on.
2: Yeah, I think that he 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 could have been stronger here, but I think it was generally pretty good because he's the, stronger
0: in his language than Biden is.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's the important thing, but. But he could have cited the stat, which is that less than one percent of abortions occur at twenty-one weeks or beyond. That's it.
0: Right. So, so the, the 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 number of abortions that are taking place beyond that is minuscule. In the in the just in the in the grand scheme, they're complaining about a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of abortions that take place.
2: Right. And I think people are starting to understand this because the the people who call themselves pro-life, the people who are anti-abortion, have always said that, you know, there should be a cutoff when viability happens. And reasonable people will say, well, that makes sense because I don't I don't want a, a baby to suffer in the womb. But the thing is that people aren't getting to 21 weeks or beyond and just finally sitting down to decide how the baby's going to impact their life and then decide to get rid of it. No, it's something has gone horribly wrong. And that's what Gavin Newsom highlighted in, in an effective way, I believe, which is if you're talking about abortions in the seventh eighth or ninth month something has gone terribly wrong it's for it's for the life of the mother something is uh, wrong with the baby it's not going to survive outside of the womb and so it is a minuscule number of abortions and it's also in situations that are horribly tragic so why would we place a ban on that when it's not a problem of people just getting to the ninth month and changing their mind
0: Yeah, it's recognizing that a trauma is taking place and then compounding upon that trauma that's what i mean that's the that's the that's the ultimate strategy here by republicans they want to appeal to people's reason but it's not the full picture in fact it's a distortion of the picture that actually exists
2: yeah so this final clip is where they're talking about how things are going down in florida particularly the book bans and the attacks on education which we talk a lot about on this show and i think this clip really demonstrates gavin newsom's uh, strengths as a politician
5: You've been on a banning bench. 1,406 books have been banned just last year under Ron DeSantis' leadership. I love that he keeps pulling this out. I've seen this. He's been doing this all over the campaign trail. What's wrong with Toni Morrison's books? It's not banned. What's wrong? It's not true. It's not. What's wrong with Amanda Gorman's it's not banned. And The poetry? 1,406 1, books <laughs> false have been banned on your banning binge in the state of Florida. As it relates to parental rights, come on. California, it's in our Constitution. Parental engagement. It's called the LCFF process. We actually require parental engagement on curriculum development. And we don't complete lie. We don't require K through third grade sexual education. That doesn't happen until middle school. What you're doing is using education as a sword for your cultural purge. And you know what? With all due respect, you know, I remember in the 1970s, In the 1970s, we had a bill called the Briggs Initiative. And there was a guy by the name of Ronald Reagan so offended by the Briggs initiative, which was the original Don't Say Gay bill. In that case, it was not allowing teachers that happened to be gay to teach. And Reagan had the courage to stand up, and he said, you can't catch gay like you can measles. I don't like the way you demean people. I don't like the way you demean the LGBTQ community. I don't like the way you demean and humiliate people you disagree with, Ron. I really find this fundamentally offensive, and this is a Um, core value that distinguishes the values of my state, and frankly, the vast majority of Americans, against the weaponization of education I, in the apology, anybody. But I, I have a follow-up question
0: of course Hannity trying to save like oh shit this is going off the rails our side is being drubbed right now but what is taking place when you're listening to this when you're watching this is he's saying not banned not banned this is a semantics thing with him because at another point in the debate he breaks out a page from Gender Queer, I believe the the graphic novel is and says, see, this just doesn't belong in a classroom. So he's saying it's not banned, it's just not allowed in the libraries in the school. That's a ban, bro. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And your semantic argument, one, I don't think plays with anybody because his side wants the books banned. Yes. They want the books banned. So when he says they're not banned, they know he's lying. We know he's lying. Where's the argument well served here? I don't. I don't understand.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So overall, I think it was positive for Gavin Newsom to, you know, I guess practice his skills.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Listen, and we're not. I'll speak for myself. I'm not like totally in the tank for 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 for. uh Gavin Newsom I complained about him when he was our governor during COVID he did some shit that I was very much opposed to uh, his maskless dinners at the French Laundry he didn't lead by example in that particular way and it very much disappointed me but I don't think it's a deal breaker for his future political career I think he is an effective leader a progressive And do we still have complaints about the the way? Absolutely, because he's not going to govern the way I would govern if I was governor. He's doing things, um, trying to build coalitions, and sometimes he's going to fall short. But on the whole, I think he does a good, a really good damn job.
2: I think that's fair, and I think there he's a person, just like anyone else. He's a politician. There's going to be points of disagreement, points where he can be doing things better, points where he is failing in one way. He vetoed a bill that would have allowed a handful of uh, cities in the state of California to operate supervised consumption sites, which undeniably save lives, which undeniably do not contribute to increased uh, drug problems in in the surrounding areas. But he instead vetoed that bill and repeated some right-wing talking points about supervised consumption sites. And he's also, you know, he recently announced this week that he's going to set aside $300 million for local jurisdictions statewide in California to clear homeless encampments. And I just have a problem with this focus on clearing homeless encampments because people live in these yeah, right. in these places. And we've seen what happens when other areas decide to make it their priority to quote unquote clear homeless encampments. They go in, they take people's property, they throw it in the trash and the encampment just moves to a different area and pops up somewhere right. else. So I, I think it's important to talk it's about- It's literally
0: kicking the can down the goddamn road.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. and I, So I think it's important to talk about this, this specific plan to clear homeless encampments in California. <laughs>
1: Tonight, California Governor Gavin Newsom ratcheting up efforts to clean out those homeless encampments, the ones that have become synonymous with some of the state's biggest cities. I think we can all agree uh, that we need to do more to clean up encampments in the state of California. Newsom pledging $300 million to sweep out the encampments, promising to provide support to the people displaced. The governor says the state has already cleaned out roughly 5,700 encampments since July twenty. The idea being that we weren't just
5: cleaning up encampments out of sight, out of mind, and displacing people or moving people, but that we were trying to resolve the underlying issues in the first place and
1: actually support people to get them back on their feet. The funding comes as a University of California study finds 171,000 people are experiencing homelessness in the Golden State, representing 30% of the entire country's homeless population and roughly half of the nation's unsheltered. Violence in and around California's encampments becoming a national flashpoint and raising questions about Newsom's handling of the crisis.
6: i got a hammer. Somebody call the police.
1: Last December, an organization supporting the homeless posted this video, reportedly showing a man swinging at people with a hammer near a row of tents in San Diego. And horrifying footage of a brutal beating, three people stomping to attack a homeless man in this encampment in May 2021. California Republican legislator Roger Nilo telling the center square the cleanup program Newsom announced is basically a program to deal with what he probably views as a political hot potato. One state over in Nevada, a possible solution. In Reno, officials opening a series of housing units called the Nevada Cares Campus to provide individuals experiencing homelessness an alternative to encampments. Your basic needs aren't threatened anymore. You're not going to have to worry about getting your stuff stolen from you. You're not going to have to worry about physical violence. Since the campus was built in 2021 with a capacity of more than 600, the number of homeless people on the streets has dropped by 58%. The value of doing this is that we have an opportunity to watch people grow. Now a political battle heating up once again over California's poorest residents left out in the cold. Miguel Almaguer and... NBC News.
6: L-
0: Let me say a couple things. One, on the whole, I don't think this news package was terrible, but it certainly wasn't great. Some of the language that's being used. Some of the incidents that are being talked about.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It it sounds scary. Oh, uh, a crazed homeless man is swinging a hammer as though people who have houses that they live in don't go on rampages and hit people with hammers or act violently toward one another. Mm -hmm. They're making it seem like it's a problem that is exclusive to the homeless community violence where how, how many domestic violence calls do you think police went on across the country responding to people's homes where violence was taking place come on come on let's be logical let's be reasonable let's talk about this let's deal with reality as re- on reality's terms as brittany is fond of saying
2: well i think this brings up a good point you bring up a good point <laughs> like T- trying to take credit away from you.
0: This, yeah, you, you're you're now you're literally objectifying me. I'm, I'm sorry. A this. I'm sorry. Great.
2: You bring up a very good point. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, <laughs> and that is if we have a bad day, if we get frustrated, if we get emotional, if we, we
0: meaning like non homeless, you and me,
2: people who live in a home, sure, people who have a place to go, people who have shelter. If if we have a bad day, if we get frustrated, angry, upset we have a private place where we can cope with that sure when you don't have shelter you are experiencing the negative emotions of everyday life amplified even because your life is quite difficult and you have nowhere to process that in private you have nowhere to go for safety to deal with that and so you're gonna have outbursts in public because that's where you are that's where you live and you know, if you're living a difficult life and enough of these incidents pile up, you're going to have an explosion. And so to talk about, oh, this unhoused person was caught being violent, you know, yeah, I, I, there's people that are sick, that are on the streets, that are going to be messed with, that are going to be beaten, as they talked about in that news package. Sure. And they're dealing with all kinds of other issues. And so I, I'm just concerned, and, and I think it's important that local reporting stay on this story because I want to know how these encampment clearings go because they always say we're going to work to provide housing before the encampment is cleared but they don't guarantee housing they don't guarantee that these people have somewhere to go when they're cleaning up these encampments no they send the cops in and they take their stuff and they throw it in the trash if it is still there beyond the time of the clearing and so they will take their tents they will take their medications yeah they will take whatever whatever it is and when I say they take their tents I mean they're taking their house they're taking their shelter and they're throwing it in the trash it's ridiculous and, and it's, then where's the mainstream
0: media to follow up to say okay how many of the people that you cleared did you find homes for
2: yes like, yeah it,
0: it, it's left up to intrepid um underground air quotes again uh, alternative media sources, yes. not mainstream. There needs to be an eye on this. And again, this is one more, this is not one more, like there's so many, but this is an area where Gavin Newsom has failed. He's been a failure, uh, proving that his decision-making is faulty sometimes. Look, I would vote for him for president, but it doesn't mean we can't be critical. I mean, look, he married Kimberly Guilfoyle. His decision-maker is sometimes off.
2: Well, we've all been in... <laughs> Relationships. So, uh, (laughs) um, okay. So, moving on, we'd love to know what you think about that. 657-464. I'm really having a rough time.
0: 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at com. See? It's easy. It was just that easy.
2: Thank you. (laughs) So, George Santos was expelled from the house, very exciting. I think what what is he the sixth person in history to?
0: I think I think he is the sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expelled from Five the house before him, so
2: he's making history, and I he's guess he's sharing
0: illustrious <laughs> space with James Trafficant, who was a nutbag uh, from Ohio, who got, and then also three Confederates.
2: Yeah, so I think people are now curious how is this gonna impact the majority? It's now gonna be a very slim majority. I think
0: no, an even slimmer.
2: Slimmer <laughs> majority. They now have a four seat majority with George Santos gone. So the big question, how is this gonna impact things?
4: George Santos began putting out his coat even as the vote to expel him was still underway and then bolted. Mr. Santos, what's your reaction to the expulsion? Chased by reporters and riding off from the Capitol in a Jaguar as a former congressman. His final remark reportedly, why would I want to stay here? To hell with this place. In light of the expulsion of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Santos, the whole number of the House is now 434. Dozens of his fellow Republicans joined nearly all Democrats voting to make Santos one of only three U.S. House members to be expelled since the U.S. Civil War. As congressional maintenance crews changed the locks on his doors and removed his nameplate. Today, at least, uh, democracy prevailed. Members of both parties who had labeled Santos a crook and a distraction celebrated the move. Are you surprised by how any of that played out today?
7: Uh, No, but I'm pleased to see that uh, this institution did the right thing.
4: Republican leadership, worried about their narrow majority, tried to save him by voting against removal. Do you think Mr. Santos should stay? Uh, I'm I'm not going to vote to expel. Arguing it sets a bad precedent to remove a member who hasn't been convicted of a crime. But Santos is facing trial next summer on 23 federal charges, including to accusations he stole his campaign donors' credit card numbers and racked up thousands of dollars in charges. I have been convicted of no crimes, Mr. Speaker. But it was a scathing House Ethics Committee report that convinced many Santos had gone too far, finding he grifted from his donors to surround himself in luxury, spending thousands on Botox treatments, luxury trips, and items from a high-end Ferragamo boutique. Just this week, one of his colleagues, Ohio Republican Max Miller, alleged his credit card and his mothers were among those fleeced by Santos. You, sir, are a crook.
0: You know, this is one of those rare moments uh, that I see the argument on both sides of keeping him or not keeping him, but choosing not to expel him through a vote, and also getting rid of him. Like if 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 I was to vote, I would have voted to get rid of him, but I fully understand the other side's vote that he hasn't been convicted of a crime, um, and he let the voters speak. You're you're you are interfering in a way with democracy. The voters chose. But then, you know, I heard a, a congresswoman say, yeah, but they made their vote based on information that they didn't have. They, they thought he was a, 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 an up-and-up character, candidate. They didn't know all of this other stuff. Right. So I, I see both sides. I really don't, I don't fault anybody for voting to to keep him there, although I do think it's craven political reasons that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: yeah. So now it's going to kick off a special election where apparently it's expected to be a tight race in New York's third district. Uh, Democrats won there in 2020, but Republicans have made some recent gains. So, well, if- they
0: redistricted. Uh, they redistricted uh, the district to make it more Republican, so uh, a little, little easier to win there.
2: Yeah, there are candidates that are already. Fighting for George Santos's seat because they saw the writing on the wall. And one of those is Republican Kellen Curry. And he was recently interviewed by Jake Tapper on CNN. And what's happening for Republicans is they're able to say, "Okay, I'm going to vote to expel George Santos from the House because of his his issues and his wrongdoing. And yet they will turn around and say, well, I support Donald Trump who has yeah. very obvious similar issues. And so Jake Tapper really took this Republican candidate who wants George Santos's seat to task, saying, why did you support the expulsion of George Santos? And at the same time, you are going to vote for and support Donald Trump.
3: So you wanted George Santos out, because obviously he's been accused of crimes, of lying, and ethics violations... So has the Republican presidential frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, frankly accused of much worse. And he's been indicted on 91 different charges across multiple criminal and civil cases and in multiple jurisdictions. Um, What do you think about him running for president? Do you think he's fit for office?
6: At the end of the day, the voters are going to decide that, you know, my focus is on this district Uh, for the past Uh, 11 months now Uh, we've been out we've been uh, not without uh, well we've been without the right representation effective representation we've had the most ineffective member of Congress and so our attention right now is on this race right now to make sure. Uh, that we get it right in 2024. And we have the opportunity to do that here in about three months. I get uh, that. The American people are going to take care of the presidential race. Yeah,
3: but you, you can't not give me an opinion on the most popular Republican in the Republican Party right now, the leading Republican presidential candidate. If you don't think George Santos is fit to be in Congress, you must have an opinion about whether Donald Trump is fit to be in the White House.
6: At the end of the day, the American people are going to decide you know what that. I'm Jay? asking you, what, uh, we you think, vigorous, what you think. We, we are Jake we are we are in a vigorous debate right now uh there there there's not just Donald Trump there's Nikki Haley there's Ron DeSantis oh, who do you right like? now they're duking it out for who's going to be the standard bearer of the party and so we'll see how it shakes out
3: yeah but who do you like you must have a preference those are you got a lot of good candidates in the race who do you like
6: absolutely I'm going to support the Republican nominee at the end of the day uh I like it's the not the end of the day it's only
3: 423 yeah. who do you like
6: at the end of the day, Jake, I'm it's, going to it's, start again. It's not the nominee. end of
3: the it's not the end of the day. It's 4:23. Yeah. Who do you like right now? Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, uh, Viveka Ramaswamy, Donald Trump, Chris Christie, uh, who's uh, just from across the river. I mean, you must like one of these guys.
6: Here's what I like, Jake. I like the process. I like the fact that we're having a vigorous debate right now about who's going to be the standard bearer, and I look forward to seeing that debate play itself out uh, we're gonna have uh debates uh, Iowa's i was coming up New Hampshire's coming up and so we'll see
2: uh i really <laughs> wonder how people are able to do this yeah. because you go on a show you're being asked a pretty direct question that you can answer and you they, refuse <laughs> they just find a way to get out of it and almost Without you really noticing, I mean, if you're not paying attention because they don't sound stressed, they don't sound confused, they don't sound like they're lying or trying to evade the question. It
0: sounds like they're answering the question,
2: right? Like it does. You can tell that Jake Tapper is frustrated, but uh, Kellen Curry didn't seem frustrated. He's just like, well, listen well, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you the answer, you know? Look, I'm going to be really straightforward with you. I'm going to give you the answer and then proceeds not to give an answer.
0: At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, well, listen, Jake, at the end of the day, Jake says, well, it's not the end of the day.
2: Yeah. He had to quit using that
8: opening. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Jake. Uh, At the end of the day. And he says it again. But here's, here's, here's the lesson here for me is the media needs to do this in every single interview.
2: Oh, all the Do time. Do not
0: let them off the hook. Even if they ultimately don't answer the question, you have highlighted and demonstrated and put on display for the American people that he's not answering the question. This is the tactic that needs to be done every single time.
2: Yeah, the what I'm focused on... What I'm looking forward yeah, to, yeah. what you know, the way that they use those phrases to evade the question. I mean, it's really, it's art. Here, I, I, it's impressive.
0: Here's what I really. Here's what was uh, interesting, uh, uh, or the uh, the best demonstration of that. He goes. Well, he goes, well, which one do you like? You've got to have one that you like. He goes, well, here's what I like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Democracy. I
0: like letting the system play itself out. Right. I mean, it is pretty artful and skillful, yeah. even though it is just demonstrating what a what a coward, an abject coward he is. Like, he just can't answer the question because he's afraid of Donald Trump. He's afraid of the MAGA mob. That's what he, otherwise he would just say, I'm for Donald
2: Trump. Yeah. Well, speaking of Donald Trump. Oh, Oh, look at that. (laughs) Speaking of Donald Trump, there was some uh, good news for everyone else. Bad news for Donald Trump.
0: Real good bad news for Donald Trump.
2: Yes, that he does not have presidential immunity from civil lawsuits over the January 6th situation.
8: This case, we've been waiting for this decision for a year, and it has an impact on every lawsuit that people have brought to sue Donald Trump to hold him accountable for what happened on January 6th, the riots at the Capitol building. Capitol police officers had sued Democratic members of Congress, and Donald Trump had said in court, everything that I did while I was president should be immune. You can't sue me over that. That was his argument, and an appeals court, the federal appeals court in Washington, D.C., said today, No, that is not the case. These lawsuits against Donald Trump can go forward. I want to read some of the things that the court wrote. They wrote that the president does not spend every minute of every day exercising official responsibilities. And when he acts outside the functions of his office, he does not continue to enjoy immunity. So they're drawing a line saying that there are things that you can do while you're president that can be held accountable in court. That is a major decision, a major evolution of what the law is. The other thing that this uh, three-judge panel in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals is writing is that they are saying that there are campaign actions and there are president actions, presidency actions. And what is, what the president does while he is campaigning for re-election, including that rally on January 6th, that can be considered a campaign action, and that is something that you can move forward with lawsuits against. There are things that a president does as president that you can't sue over, that he does enjoy immunity over, but not in this situation. Now, Donald Trump is still going to be able to contest the facts of this case and whether uh, these people are able to get some sort of compensation or win in this case. But at this stage, this is a very consequential ruling. It affects not just these lawsuits, but we finally have an appeals court weighing in on the parameters of the presidency and where uh, a President is protected and where he is not under the law very well could be something that the same appeals court is asked to look at in the coming weeks uh, related to Donald Trump's criminal case. And of course, this is the sort of decision that is very likely to go to the Supreme Court as well if Donald Trump wants to take it there.
0: I very much like that. That wording or that, that explanation of it that they ruled he was acting. As a candidate, not as president of the United States of America and the official duties of president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Look, we have a system where we don't want a president to be able to be sued for everything they do, whether that be uh, sending troops into battle, whether you agree with what they do or not, certain things about initiating policy. You don't want uh, a, a president to be paralyzed by lawsuits um in, in in where they 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 have to stop there's stays there's injunctions where policy can't be put out and the agenda of the of american people can't be uh i mean imagine if, if, if joe biden was stymied by a lawsuit every time he moved and wasn't able to do things it's already a little bit that way but donald trump wasn't acting as president of the united states in some official capacity as the potus he was acting as a candidate attempting to overturn the free and fair settled American election results and then dispatched an armed and angry mob to the Capitol to try to overturn those results.
2: Right. So that was outside of the scope of the presidency. <laughs>
0: Without a doubt. And it's nice to see that a an appeals court agrees this will likely make its way to, the, I think this was a panel, and they, they if they appeal it to the, it'll appeal to the, the full court the way I understand it and then pr- maybe even just straight to the Supreme Court which I don't see this Supreme Court save maybe Clarence Thomas who is just uh, a naked shill uh, going for this I think I think this is a done deal
2: yeah well, I guess we will see. Let us know what you think about that. 657-464-7609. Or you can send an email to idoubtit at com. We want to talk about news that you may have missed during the week, which is that the Pentagon actually uh. failed <laughs> failed its sixth audit in a row.
7: For the sixth year in a row now and counting, the Pentagon has failed its yearly audit. Look, the Department of Defense has around $4 trillion in assets. We're talking about weapons and other supplies. But this audit report found that around half of those assets can't be accounted for. Uh, Federal government agencies face yearly audits as determined by federal law. And look, uh, the the Pentagon, like I said, has failed six years in, in a row. According to the Department of Defense, the Pentagon passed seven of its 29 sub audits this year. The Department of Defense makes up more than half of all U.S. discretionary spending and auditing the Pentagon can be tough due to the department's size and scope. But with government spending continuing to be under a microscope as Congress works to pass a long-term deal and address the debt ceiling, criticism rolled in about this audit finding. Republican House Majority Whip Tom Ember posted to social media, quote, government agencies need to be held to the same standard as any business in america this is unacceptable meantime alabama republican representative barry moore also posted to social media writing quote that pentagon receives a trillion dollars in taxpayer funds annually but can't pass a simple audit no wonder we're nearly 34 trillion dollars in debt in response to the audit findings pentagon staff recently said the results gave a big opportunity to improve take a listen
8: we're working on improving our process. Um, while it wasn't the results that we wanted, um, we certainly are learning each time an audit passes, and uh, you know it's, it's a continuing, it's a continuing and ongoing process that this building is assessing.
2: Well, you know how if you, as an individual, <laughs> fail your audit, or as a business, if you fail your audit, that the IRS says, "Well, you're learning. This is a learning process. We'll give you this one as." a learning opportunity and then next time you you'll do better right uh, is that yeah. what the is that what happens when you fail an audit as an individual or as a business in America
0: remarkable
2: the news package by the way said that they passed um, 7 of their 29 sub, sub audits, audits yeah. <laughs> and that was the same amount that they passed last year yeah. so Who they're cares? Uh, unchanged no improvement nothing
0: uh, I like that the Republicans who are, who are making comments about this, Tom Emmer for one, I don't remember the other guy, bringing real strong Susan Collins energy. Oh, very disturbing, everybody. I can't believe it. This is unacceptable. Ow, wow. And then all they're going to do is vote for the next the next trillion dollars next year yeah. that the Pentagon gets. a thou- Nearly $1,000 billion dollars per year for the Pentagon and they can't pass we we expect them to be responsible with war fighting. We expect them to be effective in this way. And oh we're just bad at math, y'all. Sorry. Unacceptable and they need to be held accountable. If that means firing a bunch of people who can't get the goddamn job done, then do it. If that means cutting back on their budget, then please, please do it.
2: Yes, well a and, trillion dollars. Come on. Not to let anyone off the hook because this is always bipartisan. The vote for yeah. the budget for the Department of Defense is always a bipartisan issue. There's support between Republicans and Democrats. They make a request for 800 plus um million dollars. Billion. Billion dollars, <laughs> sorry. And they they get it. Sometimes they get more this, than they requested including this year. This year, so, yeah. So I mean, I'm waiting for someone to actually take this lack of progress seriously with the same seriousness that they would, for example, someone buying a steak with their food stamps. Could they care about this a little bit more than they care about that? Wait a minute.
0: I was in line at the grocery store and I saw cupcakes on the conveyor belt and they pay with food
2: stamps. Good. Good. That's how I feel about yeah, that. that. Good. Buy those cupcakes. That
0: is a great, that is a, that's the energy that needs to be brought to the Pentagon. It's the same people. Absolutely. Like, but it's crickets. It's, oh, this is, I'm very concerned about this, says Tom Emmer. This is, this is unacceptable, but it's not going to stop me from voting for the next uh, trillion dollars for the Defense Department.
2: Yeah. I mean, think of that.
0: In peacetime, in motherfucking peacetime, a trillion dollars a year. Former Marine, outraged by this. That's what's concerning. That's what's outrageous. I agree. 657-464-7609 <laughs> is the number you can call and leave a brief voicemail. You can also email us a voicemail from your smartphone or just a regular old-fashioned email. I doubt it at It's the
2: asshole of today,
0: Benjamin Shapiro. Yes,
2: yeah, so is our
0: asshole of today.
2: Ben Shapiro <laughs> is—he's doing movies now. The Daily Wire is putting movies out, and they're really terrible. The trailers, I said certified
8: freak, seven days a week.
2: Here we go. the The, the trailers for these uh, films that they're putting out are <laughs> this
0: prime cinema.
2: Yeah, they're horrifying and so the latest one they're going into comedy now because top on top i want to ride i do know, a kangle
6: while it's inside
2: when you think of uh, comedians you think the best ones are like conservatives extra you know. large and extra hard um what are some of their names paul no what's the short guy's name who is ben in Shapiro? adam sandler movies oh paul schneider paul schneider okay great comedian right
0: is it paul schneider
2: that doesn't sound right.
0: Is it John Schneider? That doesn't sound right. It's something Schneider.
2: Adam Sandler guy. Yeah. There's Rob other, Schneider. Who Rob? Rob, Rob Schneider. Schneider. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: What a what a fucking forgettable <laughs> douche.
2: <laughs> okay. No, so who who are the other conservative comedians that are uh, very Good at their jobs. Uh, Who's the one? Jim Brewer. Jim
0: Brewer. The Jim guy who Brewer. just makes faces and acts like an asshole. He
2: just does like chicken noises or something on stage. That's what I think <laughs> of Wet him. Wet ass. P word. So they're now doing comedy, and their latest comedy film is, I think, called Lady Ballers.
8: There's some whores in this house.
2: And it is a movie about men who pose as women and enter women's sports in order to win at women's sports. Right. And right. so this is something that they accuse.
0: Hilarious premise.
2: It sounds great. So this <laughs> is something that they accuse people of doing, right? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have made this one of their prime time positions. They talk about it all the time that, that there's going to be people that say I'm, Trans, and I want to enter into this contest so that they can win awards. They're very worried about this. They think it's really happening. It's a serious problem.
0: That that men, people like me, will upend their entire life Mm -hmm. uh, to transition to become a female just so they can win a race or play on a basketball team.
2: Yes. And apparently they don't even believe this because Ben Shapiro was interviewing, I guess, the guy behind... This it, movie is... The it,
0: co-founder of uh, Daily Wire is who the guy is. Oh, Jeremy Boring is okay. his name. Yeah, I know the cast of characters. So we did a video about it. Now, so. Is his
2: name really Jeremy Boring? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So...
0: And he is, as his name suggests, kind of a boring douche.
2: Okay, so Ben Shapiro really reveals the truth behind all of this, which is that these conservatives don't actually believe what they're saying.
6: Uh, let's go back to the inception of this idea. So, you approached me and you said we should make a fictional film about this topic. Now, to be fair, I think I'd actually suggested to the Grain Boys that they do this as a doc. Yes. I I originally went to them and I said, you guys should like go try out for a bunch of ladies leagues. And that became not possible because, as it turns out, most ladies leagues don't allow in actual men. men men and uh, they weren't willing to go the full distance in terms of what it would require in order to you know the actual hormone treatments and everything to play in some of the ladies leagues but in any case it turned into this so explain
2: yeah oh oh so wait wait there are rules and there's a process and you have to actually go through a process in your transition before you're allowed to be on the team is that Men, is that what you're saying Are yeah. you saying that they don't actually let men play on the team is is that what you're actually saying?
0: there has to be a certain uh number of months that go by where you're on hormone therapy uh an amount of time that certainly uh diminishes the 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 density of muscle and the there's this is beautiful because he is just outed himself, stepped upon his own tiny little dick and terrible arguments and really outed himself just as a dirty, filthy, anti-LGBTQ bigot.
2: Yeah, he's saying, I actually wanted to make this a documentary. I wanted to do a documentary where men go and play on women's sports and take the awards, but it's not really a real thing. So we had to make it a movie. I mean, that's what he just said.
0: We had to make it a comedy because the reality of the situation is completely different than the, the, the narrative that we spin on a daily basis, beating a drum constantly in attacks against the trans community.
2: So as long as these people are aware that they're living in a fantasy and that the things that, they, that keep them up at night are not actually happening, uh, I guess that that's good that they're finally yeah. starting to be honest with themselves and with their audience.
0: Gross. Gross freaks. P-word is female genitalia. At least you know that, Ben. That's good to know. Uh, Listen, we're going to leave you there. We would invite your participation in these conversations. I
2: feel like a little bit, a little bit we need the disclaimer. Maybe... You, I don't know. You like the disclaimer. It's always a good cover, I think. Just yeah.
0: The views and opinions of Jesse Dolimore are solely those of Jesse Dolamore and do not reflect the views and opinions uh. of Brittany Page, who is a far
1: superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis.
0: There you go. There's the disclaimer.
2: It's just always a good reminder that I would phrase things differently. That's all. That's all
1: the fuck we
0: need. <laughs> we. I will go back into leaving the phone number. I, listen, I love dropping the disclaimer.
2: It's just always a good thing to have.
0: Maybe the disclaimer should be the intro of the show. Maybe, maybe that's where we're transitioning. Yeah. Because there are certain things I want to say about Ben Shapiro that I'm not saying mm-hmm. that would, maybe we'd need a whole new, we'd need a disclaimer on top of the disclaimer. Like an extra layer of protection for the wonderful Brittany Page who doesn't want to be associated with the maniacal nature and name calling of Jesse dollimore
2: it's not not associated it's just distanced from
0: yeah okay
6: that that, <laughs> that
0: that makes sense we would invite your participation in this conversation how radical am i and uh
2: come how, on how <laughs> you're just setting you're setting yourself no, up to get all the lovin'. listen
0: i i'm the one who suggested we have a disclaimer because you are more metered and reasonable all the time. This is not some play for sympathy. I'm, I do get radical. I get angry and I uh, express it in a way that is far more immature than you do.
2: All right. Proceed. This is not
0: a, a play for Don't comment about how great i am because i'm not
2: <laughs> i am an undisciplined
0: little piggy uh, constantly all right six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine of course you can email a voice memo from your smartphone or a regular old fashioned email to idoubtit at com. we would invite you we would encourage you to look into becoming a patron on patreon helping support and produce this content. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. Take part there. We would invite you to join the Patreon family. We love and appreciate you, and we will see you next time on episode 896. For Brittany Page, hi, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt it.